Yeah, I hear myself fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Hallo, welkom allemaal naar de vijfde aflevering van Radio Mama. It's, uh, it's been a while, maar uh, we kunnen eindelijk weer beginnen. De vijfde aflevering van Radio Mama staat eigenlijk in teken van Uncollective Care and Togetherness. Dit was uh, het laatste tentoonstellingsproject, samengesteld door Leana Boven. En um, hierbij verkennen we eigenlijk duurzamere vormen van zorg en onderzoeken we hoe de gemeenschappen gecreëerd kunnen worden waarin zorgzaamheid, vreugde en verbinding centraal staat. Uh, de show is afgesloten met een podcast, een online evenement genaamd uh, Talks on Collective Care and Togetherness and Activism. Dit uh, online evenement is nog steeds terug te luisteren op thisismama.nl. Uh, als jullie dan even naar de universe gaan, uh, daar kan de podcast nog steeds geluisterd worden. Voor nu gaan we eigenlijk uh, verder uh, met de radioshow en leren we verder in de aflevering onze nieuwe editor-in-chief kennen. Super, super excited. En samen met haar leren we ook gelijk het editors-team kennen. So right now we have Ellie. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Ellie is part of the editor-team and together with her and Dietzle, who will join us a little bit later. Um, we will get to know them while doing while playing a game uh, called Most Likely. They're very like fun uh, questions just to get to know us a little bit better. And uh, Shang will tell us a little bit what she has in store for the for the universe. We will start off with um, um, a f- uh, I had such a good word yesterday, fabricated facts <laughs> together with, uh, with Andre. Hello. Hi. We uh, spent the entire Friday afternoon trying to find facts or fiction about the word care. So Leana's show was amazing and it was very community-based. And we just really went with care. And then we checked out what we uh, could find. And then we will uh, present it to Ellie. <laughs> and we'll see very if she... Very excited uh, <laughs> to hear about that. <laughs> we'll see if she uh, can believe us. Or not, um, which is going to be very fun. And we're going to start off this um, uh, radio show with a talk. Ik ga even terug switchen naar het Nederlands. Want dit is eigenlijk het enige Nederlandse segment. En voor uh, Mama Knows Best ben ik in gesprek gegaan met Nadine en Nathalie. Nadine is onze fondsenwerver en Nathalie natu- natuurlijk onze directeur. En hierbij heb ik eigenlijk de vraag gesteld of is het... Het gesprek is begonnen met de vraag hoe gaat het nu eigenlijk um, zonder het woordje goed te gebruiken. 
En daarin komen we er eigenlijk een beetje achter hoe moeilijk het eigenlijk is om een vraag te beantwoorden zonder gewoon simpelweg te zeggen het gaat goed. Uh, ja, ik ben eigenlijk super trots dat ik uh, dit gesprek uh, mag uh, afspelen in de, in de radioshow. Dus daar beginnen we eigenlijk gelijk mee. Het is vooropgenomen, dus je hoort ook een beetje de, de silence van de Zoom. Wat denk ik nu ook gewoon super real is voor iedereen die uh, moet studeren, werken en alles over Zoom gaat. Sommige stiltes zijn dus inderdaad van een soort van awkward Zoom momenten. Uh, maar andere stiltes zijn ook heel duidelijk, omdat je gewoon even moet nadenken over als het goed gaat um, en er wordt wat meer aan je gevraagd. Ja, dan is het toch even nadenken. Dus die, uh, die stiltes heb ik er ook een beetje in gelaten. En uh, bij deze gaan we eigenlijk naar het eerste segment en dat is Mama Knows Best met Nathalie en Nadine. Oké, okay, uh, dankjewel Shay. Uh, ik ben Nadine, ik ben uh, mama's fondsenwerver sinds september vorig jaar. En uh, ontzettend happy to be here. En ik doe het onder, nog onder, uh, onder een traineeship via Van Advies in Amsterdam. Ik ben uh, Nathalie en ik ben uh, mama's directeur. En ik ben ontzettend blij uh, dat we de, de ontzettende luxe hebben om een onze werver als onderdeel van ons team te hebben, dat is echt een uh, I've never thought en um, heb sinds september ook al veel met Nadine samengewerkt en uh, dat heeft mijn weekinvulling heel erg veranderd, daar ben ik heel blij voor. Uh, ja, ik wil eigenlijk aan jullie uh, heel graag vragen en heel graag weten hoe het met jullie gaat. Mm. Trap jij af Nadine? Ik zat te twijfelen om hetzelfde te zeggen. Uh, hoe het gaat, ja. Uh, goed. Wel. Maar daarmee neem ik wel ook... Uh, alles wat er gaande is, neem ik daar wel in mee. Dus het is een soort van... Goed binnen de omstandigheden. If that makes sense. Ik, ik, ik haak in, want het is zo'n vraag waarvan ik ook denk van, ja, goed. Of dat je bijna niks anders kan zeggen dan goed, uh, wel beschouwd. Um, hè, hoe, hoe, ik, ik zou het... Um, um, ik, ik heb er moeite mee om te zeggen ik, ja, goed, dat, dat het niet goed zou gaan. Want er zijn gewoon heel veel dingen... In, mijn persoonlijke leven en omgeving waar ik dankbaar voor ben, maar die echt niet vanzelfsprekend zijn. Um, maar daarmee is goed, betekent misschien niet altijd dat je je fijn voelt of zo. Ja. Moet ik hem opnieuw vragen en dan eigenlijk een soort van goed als een verboden woordje um, erin te gooien. Ja. <laughs> dus hoe gaat het met jullie? Um, Echt goed. Oké. Met mij individueel en waar ik sta gaat het, uh, mag ik niet klagen, helemaal niet zelfs. Uh, maar waar we als land en maatschappij de keuze naar hebben gemaakt, gaat het uh, bar slecht. Ik denk slechter dan ooit, maar desalniettemin vraag ik me af of het ooit 
uh, goed is gegaan natuurlijk. Maar ik hoop dat dit een beetje je vraag beantwoordt over hoe het gaat met mij. Ja, ik voel me een soort uh, mixed bag of emotions, uh, denk ik. Um, ik um, voel, de, er komen zoveel dingen samen. Uh, waarvan de verkiezingsuitslag niet de minste is. Uh, en ondertussen rolt er van alles door. En even misschien om expliciet te zijn. Gewoon de verkiezingsuitslag die uh, uh, een groot aantal zetels aan extreem rechts. Uh, dus dat is zorgelijk. Meer dan. Um, en tegelijkertijd lopen er gewoon hele concrete dingen door. We moeten binnenkort een jaarverslag indienen. De administratie van vorig jaar is als gevolg van corona best wel chaotisch verlopen. Dus dat is uh, ook stressvol, maar het ziet er wel goed uit. En uh, als ik naar mijn privéleven kijk of persoonlijk, dan denk ik, uh, dan, dan heb ik een fijn dak boven mijn hoofd, een heel lief hondje en fijne mensen om me heen. Uh, maar dat wil niet um, de vertwijfeling weghalen van oké, okay, en nu? Uh, hoe nu verder? Uh, wat, wat, uh, waar sta ik? En dus, dus, uh, poeh, hoe zou ik het zeggen? Ik um, uh, denk dat ik op het moment een beetje aan het zwemmen ben, als ik eerlijk ben. Ja, ja. ja. ja dankjewel voor het delen. Eigenlijk is het gaat goed met me. Dat is heel makkelijk om te zeggen. Denken jullie dat het gewoon uit een soort van gemak komt? Van ja, het gaat gewoon goed met me. Is het een beetje het soort van verbergen? Of het, um, waarom denk je dat mensen zo snel geneigd zijn om het gaat goed te zeggen? Hmm. Ik voel het zelf heel erg als een verplichting bijna. Een soort van... Um, ik zie om me heen, uh, heel veel door de media en door social media, zoveel um, uh, voorbeelden um, van mensen die echt aangevallen worden. Uh, en niet één op één aangevallen, maar door het systeem. En dat daar een soort hardnekkig uh, onwil is om daar verandering in aan te brengen. Um, en, en mensen die aangevallen worden. Um, uh, ik, ik behoor daar niet expliciet toe. Zeg maar, ik ben niet het mikpunt van die uitsluiting. Um, dus ik vind het heel belangrijk om uh, uh, zeg je, het leed van anderen niet mijn leed te maken. Maar ik voel wel um, ja, dat en um, ik, ik, ik zou er, ik durf, ik vind het moeilijk om um, uh, daar iets anders van te zeggen dan goed. En ik denk dat voor anderen het misschien een makkelijke oplossing is, maar misschien ook vergelijkbare gevoelens heb ik, weet ik veel. Maar ik denk dat goed misschien wel een lelijk woord is, omdat als je, nu, dit is, oh, I'm winning this, um, als je goed zegt, dan uh, vermijdt het misschien ook dat je... Uh, naar verandering overgaat. Dus het misschien is goed wel een beetje een uh, dodelijk woord. Mm, als ik daar op aan mag haken, denk ik ook dat het, dat het is veelal ook wel een vorm van bescherming. Maar het is ook wie stelt de vraag 
En degene die de vraag stelt, kan je je daar veilig genoeg bij voelen om um, daadwerkelijk aan te geven hoe het gaat? En weet je überhaupt hoe het gaat? <laughs> überhaupt die vraag gesteld krijgen is voor sommigen denk ik ook heel erg wisselend of ze hem wel kunnen beantwoorden. Ja, heel Omdat goed. er zoveel gebeurt. Oh, sorry. Ja. Wat zei jij, Shadé? Uh, ik zei ja, ook heel confronterend soms, denk ik ook wel. Ja. Ja, ja. mooi. <laughs> mooi uh, um, antwoord. Wil je nog iets zeggen? Ja, hoe voel jij dat? Mm, ja, ik heb denk ik wel echt een handje van zeggen goed. Omdat ik denk ik van mezelf een heel gesloten persoon ben. Um, maar ik heb wel echt heel, en daar ben ik ook heel dankbaar voor, ik heb hele specifieke mensen in mijn leven. Um, waar ook niet aan mij gevraagd hoeft te worden of het goed gaat. Die kan ik echt, en dat doe ik ook wel, uh, die bel ik echt minst de geringste op. En dan kan ik echt, ik ben ook echt een prater. Dus dan kan ik alles gewoon eruit gooien. Um, 9 van de 10 keer zijn ze gewoon aan het afwassen. <laughs> en dan ben ik gewoon een beetje een soort van persoonlijke podcast op de achtergrond. En dat helpt voor mij echt heel erg. Waardoor ik denk ik misschien het snelste van allemaal heel snel kan zeggen het gaat goed. En een beetje als verplichting naar werk toe dat ik wel kan aangeven van nou ik ben wat moe of ik heb veel op mijn hoofd. Omdat dat echt op mijn werk soort van slaat. Um, maar ik ben heel dankbaar voor het vangnet. Um, dat ik heel snel kan wisselen. Ik kan zeggen het gaat goed en dan gaat het op het moment ook goed omdat ik bezig ben. En alle onderliggende gedachten, die kan ik allemaal alsnog eruit gooien bij, bij een specifiek aantal groepje. Um, ja, ik zou niet kunnen in woorden kunnen omschrijven hoe dankbaar ik er eigenlijk uh, voor ben. Ja, ja, dat ben ik. Ja, dat is wel heel erg mooi wat je, wat je zegt. Dat je eigenlijk genoegen hebt aan de mensen die je om je heen hebt waarbij je alles kan zeggen wat je wil. En dat daar ook alles welkom is. En dat je eigenlijk kan cureren wat je waar zegt. En misschien ook kan kijken, oké, okay, wat wil iemand horen? Of wat is gepast om te zeggen op bepaalde, op bepaalde momenten en in bepaalde situaties? Ja, ja klopt. Ja, ik zou echt uh, niet weten waar ik dat aan, uh, aan te danken heb. Uh, maar het is, uh, het is heel fijn. <laughs> um, eigenlijk misschien een beetje... Aanhakend aan, aan, aan die vraag is, ik hou heel erg mijn hoofd koel, cool, omdat ik zeg maar dus mijn, mijn persoonlijke groepje ja, waar ik alles eruit kan gooien en dan de volgende dag gewoon weer fris op kan staan. En dat is bijvoorbeeld voor mij heel erg een uitlaatklep. Um, hoe doen jullie dat? Hoe houden jullie een beetje het hoofd koel cool met alles wat er eigenlijk dagelijks op je afkomt? Oeh, ja, uh, ik laat het stilbevallen. Uh, hoe ik dat doe. Nou, ik heb sinds vorig jaar september ook een, uh, een hondje, zoals uh, velen tegenwoordig. En uh, die zorgt er wel voor dat ik dagelijks naar buiten moet. Um, wat voor mijn geest veelal wel wat oplevert. Al dan niet iets van rust op het moment dat ik het toch gedaan heb. Of toch naar buiten ben geweest. Uh, en ik heb een heel fijn huis, een fijn thuis, een een gezinnetje, om het maar zo te zeggen. Uh, waar ik me eigenlijk altijd wel weer weet op te, la op te laden. En uh, me gehoord voel. En waar ik eigenlijk gewoon altijd mezelf kan zijn. Dus die stabiliteit 
maakt ook wel dat ik mijn hoofd koel kan houden. En ook moed houden voor hun, eigenlijk, tegelijkertijd. Ja, ja. Mooi, uh, Nathalie. Ja, ik ben er dus niet zo heel goed in. Um, en ik, dus ik heb afgelopen maandag en dinsdag, uh, maar iets eerder in deze week, twee dagen vrijgenomen. Want mijn, uh, uh, mijn reactie is meestal, ik, ik raak snel in een soort overdrive. En um, dan uh, gaat dat een beetje spiralen. Dan doe ik, zeg ik één keer toe om een keer s'avonds uh, een, iets werkachtigs te doen bijvoorbeeld. Of, en dan wordt het er twee en dan wordt het er drie. En dan probeer ik ondertussen ook het nieuws overal te volgen. En dan op het liefst zo zeg maar, veel verschillende mogelijke platforms. Om het een en ander met elkaar te vergelijken. En dan stapelt dat op. Dus ik ben daar gewoon niet zo'n held in. <laughs> maar dan uh, merk ik dat ik in een soort uh, uh, space kom. Dat ik vooral heel veel dingen probeer te absorberen. Maar het eigenlijk niet echt meer goed kan verwerken. En dan moet ik mezelf... Daar ben ik nu sinds een paar jaar achter. Dan gewoon even dwingen tot een harde reset. Dus uh, dat was uh, begin van deze week. Dat ik gewoon dacht van oké, okay, even alles uit. Uh, alles schoonmaken. Uh, stapeltjes post uh, ongeopend doorwerken. En even weer wat dingen op zijn plek krijgen. Uh, dus bij mij gaat het meer in een soort intervallen. En dan begin ik weer even stabiel. Omdat ik ook denk van ja... Het voelt soms uh, zo, hoe zeg je dat, na zo'n verkiezingsuitslag, dan zit ik ook echt in een stukje self-doubt. Van, oh, wat, wat doe ik met mijn leven? Wat kunnen we doen met mama? En dan um, verlies ik mezelf, terwijl ik denk van, nee, verdorie, nee, weet je wel. We werken nu toe naar een heel mooi programma, ook uh, wat er aankomt weer met Honey. En uh, ik denk dat die... Dat ook gewoon een maatschappelijk belangrijk programma is. En ik wil er gewoon wel kunnen zijn en nuttig kunnen zijn. En ook al voel je de impact misschien niet zo. Ik heb er wel vertrouwen in wat we doen. Maar ik moet me wel één keer in zoveel tijd herpakken om dat weer te kunnen zien. Ja. Uh, voel je je dan ook echt weer een beetje opgeladen? Dus echt je batterij is weer, uh, weer vol? Of meer eigenlijk een soort van pauze en alles weer een beetje op een rijtje? Hmm. Um, nou, interessant. Het is meer dat ik, um, als ik op overdrive uh, raak, dan raak ik mijn goede gewoontes kwijt. En dan moet ik even hard resetten en aan die goede gewoontes werken. En dan laat mijn batterijtje weer op. Dus ik ben nu weer aan het opladen. Ook al ben ik dan aan het werk, maar op, vanuit een ander vertrekpunt. Ja. Oh ja, ja, daar kan ik me ook wel een beetje in vinden. Want ik denk dat we misschien wel alle drie heel erg uh, gelukkig zijn dat we ook heel veel kwijt kunnen in ons werk. En ik merk van mezelf dat ik me heel erg kan opladen, juist door te werken en doordat ik doe wat ik leuk vind. Um, hoe navigeren jullie eigenlijk um, ja, het aspect dat bijvoorbeeld mama is heel maatschappelijk ingesteld en ik... Ik vind het een eer dat ik daaraan mag werken, maar soms ook moeilijk, omdat het komt een soort van dubbel op je af. Um, hoe navigeren jullie, ja, jullie daar een beetje in? Uh, uh, Neem de tijd. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, 
het is een beetje de korte termijn zaken van de lange termijn zaken onderscheiden of zo. Uh, um, er zijn. Nou ja, dat, dat ga ik allemaal niet in detail, maar we, nou, zoals we, we, we zelfs ook samen in de organisatie bezig zijn, uh, punten scherper te stellen over veiligheid en gedrag. En dat is, dat is zo'n proces wat langer duurt en op de achtergrond is, maar vind ik ontzettend belangrijk. En dan uh, geeft dat wel heel erg houvast van wat tof, weet je wel. Van, dat vind ik echt, het is echt een soort. Eer om met jullie en de rest van het team en dat je merkt dat het gedragen wordt en iedereen dat belangrijk vindt en dat ik, dat niet een soort top-down aangelegenheid is. Um, dat vind ik hele hoopvolle dingen. Dus dat, dat geeft houvast. Dat is heel erg uh, zo. Maar, um, en het platform wat we kunnen bieden. Dus hoe navigeer ik daarin? Ik weet, weet niet. Ik denk dat we misschien soms de korte termijn winsten iets meer met elkaar kunnen vieren. Ik denk dat we heel snel weer, oké, okay, what's next? Um, maar uh, ja, ratelig antwoord. I don't know. Ik, uh, punt. <laughs> <laughs> voor mij, hoe navigeer ik er tussen? Ik zou niet anders willen. Um, voor mij is mama een platform die samenwerkt met jonge Makers, opkomende talenten um, die maatschappelijke onderwerpen aandragen en geleefde, geleefde ervaringen delen. Um, ik vind het een, een eer en tegelijkertijd heel fijn om met dit soort mensen te werken. Um, je hoeft veel niet uit te leggen aan elkaar. Sowieso hoeven wij aan elkaar ook als stafleden niet heel veel uit te leggen per se. Er is een bepaalde basis waarin je... Um, met de neuzen dezelfde kant op staat. Waardoor je met elkaar ook kan leren. Zonder dat je andere mensen daarin heel erg mee moet trekken. Uh, dus hoe navigeer ik daar? Ja, ik denk dat ik wil niet ja. anders. Mag ik daarop reageren? Want um, daar ben ik helemaal met je eens Nadine. Maar dat, dat is wel bijvoorbeeld bij het nieuws van zo'n verkiezingsuitslag. En we zitten in een omgeving... Waar er een basis is en waar we niet mensen met ons mee moeten trekken. Um, en we werken voor een eigen community, maar na zo'n verkiezingsuitslag voel ik me wel ook echt um, uh, juist uh, heel zwaar. In de zin van waar, wat hadden we nog meer kunnen doen om juist wel mensen mee te trekken. En tegelijkertijd... Um, Denk ik dat we ook in een, in een soort organisatie-evolutie zitten, dat we veel scherper aan het kijken zijn van oké, okay, allemaal mooie maatschappelijke en idealistische projecten, maar hoe lossen we het intern op en do we walk the talk en dat we daar echt onze tanden in aan het zetten, daar ben ik heel trots op. Maar um, ja, de, 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 um, en uh, onze bubbels zijn kritisch en fijn en veilig, uh, maar gaan we. Hebben we potentie om andere bubbels te bereiken en misschien mee te nemen op reis? En um, daar, daar, en waar, heb, waar hebben we, of, en dan indirect voel ik de verantwoordelijkheid als directeur ik steken laten vallen. Dus dat zijn wel dingen die vervolgens, hoe zeggen we, aan mijn geweten knagen. 
hoe we daarmee omgaan. Ja, en ik denk ook helemaal niet dat we als organisatie kunnen zeggen dat we uh, er staan natuurlijk. Dat is ook niet wat we zeggen. Uh, nee. Maar wat jij zegt ook... Nee, nee. Ja. Wat wil je zeggen? Nee, 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 nee. ik was alleen aan het beamen. <laughs> Ga jij alsjeblieft. Uh, ik ben hem even kwijt, sorry. Nee. Ik, ik denk dat we um, vooral ook, um, ook juist met zo'n uitslag heel erg naar onszelf moeten kijken. Wat jij ook zegt, wat kunnen we doen? Maar ook gewoon, wat representeren wij? En hoe staan wij zelf als organisatie... Um, in dit geval in Rotterdam, in de stijgers, of hoe zijn we zichtbaar, op wat voor manier worden we bekeken. En wat kunnen we daaraan doen, of hoe kunnen we daarin versterken, verder gaan, doorontwikkelen. En dat is inderdaad wat jij ook al zei, iets waar we intern mee bezig zijn. Ja. Ik moest ook aan iets anders denken toen jij zei, het woord navigeren, wat misschien in mijn eerste reactie heb overgeslagen is. Um, voor navigeren denk ik ook heel erg aan van we zijn heel druk bezig met projecten waarvan wij het, uh, uh, het, het, het maatschappelijk belang zien en dragen. Um, en dan gebeurt zo'n uitslag en dan is de vraag van oké, okay, in hoeverre um, we hebben daar eigenlijk als organisatie niet direct op gereageerd. Ik weet ook niet of dat altijd nodig is. Uh, maar het voelt wel ook als een gemis. En dat vind ik moeilijk navigeren. Van wanneer reageer je acuut? Uh, of wanneer zeg je van nee, uh, eye on the prize, uh, de lange termijn. Uh, we geloven in wat we doen. Uh, maar ik vind die knee-jerk reacties uh, om, om heel snel berichten de wereld in te knallen... Ook niet altijd goed. Dus dat, dat is een soort, ja, tussen twee oevers in navigeren, denk ik. Um, als we het nu toch hebben over, over navigeren, had ik eigenlijk als ene laatste vraag. Hoe zijn we er eigenlijk voor elkaar en hoe zijn we er voor anderen? Wat Nadine eigenlijk al helemaal aan het begin zei, is um, dat ze sterk wil zijn voor zichzelf, maar ook voor haar, haar gezin. Um, zouden jullie een beetje vertellen hoe jullie dat doen? Want soms moet je er gewoon even voor jezelf zijn. Kan je er dan nog voor iemand... Kan je überhaupt er voor iemand zijn als je zelf even niet oké okay bent? Um, ja, ik ben heel erg benieuwd naar hoe jullie dat navigeren eigenlijk. Er voor jezelf zijn en voor iemand anders. Ik weet niet meer wie het zei. Maar ik weet nog wel wat iemand tegen mij zei. Het zijn meerdere mensen geweest ook. Je kan niet voor anderen zorgen als dat je niet voor jezelf zorgt. Op het moment dat je zelf niet uh, gegeten hebt en je eigenlijk niet de energie hebt, hoe kan je dan wel? Goed, vind ik discutabel, maar het heeft me wel geleerd dat ik inderdaad ook mezelf af en toe kritisch moet bevragen. Hé, hey, wat heb ik nu op dit moment nodig om er voor anderen te zijn? Uh, maar is het ook afhankelijk van wie je bent? En ik denk wel dat... Voor mij zorgen um, is, wisselt heel, sorry, ik word heel even afgeleid, wisselt heel erg uh, voor wie ik moet zorgen. Does it make sense? 
Ja, ik denk dat je bedoelt dat je... Um, misschien bedoel je dat je soms eerder geneigd bent jezelf aan de kant te schuiven. Uh, en dat je dan ook weer op momenten denkt van nee, maar er is iemand anders voor wie ik er wil zijn. Dus ik moet echt even stabiel zijn. En dat je daardoor een soort... Um, even weer recht wordt gezet van nee, even focus. Wat heb ik nodig om die stabiliteit ook te geven? Ja. Ja, en ook in hoeverre... Um, wat ik mezelf altijd ook, ook stel is, heb ik het nodig? Of wil ik terug in mijn comfortabele gevoelens? Hm. Um, is het dat ik echt mijn energie moet bewaken? Of heb ik eigenlijk genoeg energie, maar heb ik het... Zit ik vast in mijn eigen privilege om het niet te willen uitvoeren? Zie ik de noodzaak? Voel ik de noodzaak niet omdat ik het zelf niet ervaar? Dat zijn ook wel vragen die ik mezelf geregeld stel. Van oké, okay, uh, je lichaam zegt het een of het ander. Of je gevoel zegt het een of het ander. Wat zegt het echt? Dus die kritische conversaties met jezelf houden ten alle tijden. Uh, en daaruit de balans opmaken van wat je echt nodig hebt. Is wel voor mij van groot belang in hoe ik mijn balans hou. En hoe ik er voor mezelf en voor anderen kan zijn. Hmm. Ja. Ik denk dat ik... Um, uh, ik heb aan de ene kant heel veel mensen om me heen. En aan de andere kant ook niet heel veel. Het is een beetje een, een gekke uh, catch-22 of zo. Um, ik, um, ik, ik ben heel gelukkig uh, alleenstaand daar niet van. Maar ik heb ook uh, uh, niet een heel hechte uh, band met mijn uh, directe gezin, mijn familie. We mogen elkaar wel, maar die wonen gewoon al twintig jaar in Spanje en dat, dat groeit zo. Um, en daardoor word je best wel over de loop der jaren heel zelfstandig. Uh, en los je ook heel veel problemen zelf op. Um, en tegelijkertijd zit ik in een, 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 een heel sociale werkomgeving waar ik juist heel veel mensen omheen heb. En ik moet zeggen dat de sociale kant daarvan ook heel belangrijk is voor hoe ik me voel. Um, maar misschien is het soms zoveel dat ik dan weer geneigd ben iets minder te investeren in sociale relaties die gewoon van mij zijn, privé. Dus dat is... Uh, hoe ben ik er voor anderen is uh, in eerste instantie echt soort ook daar heel actief het ook op te zoeken. Want ik kan dat wel eens vergeten. Um, en ook met als gevolg dat ik ook even goed vergeet om te vragen wanneer ik een beetje steun heb. Of denk dat ik dat nodig heb. Of denk dat ik dat zelf moet doen. Um, dus bijvoorbeeld afgelopen weekend heb ik uh, vrienden helpen verhuizen. En dat was juist na zo'n verkiezingsuitslag heel belangrijk voor me. Om op die manier te helpen. Gewoon iets heel concreets. Busserijen van de ene huis naar het andere huis. En vrienden heel blij zien in een nieuwe woning. En dat was gewoon heel belangrijk voor, ja, voor mijn batterij, zeg maar. Ja, mooi. Um, ik zou eigenlijk het gesprek willen, willen afsluiten met het onderwerp, ja, we hebben het net al genoemd, balans. Uh, als jullie één tip mogen geven, um, het kan een hele simpele zijn, het kan een hele ingewikkelde zijn. 
Uh, wat zouden jullie uh, als tip bijvoorbeeld aan mij kunnen geven? Aan hoe haal je nou balans tussen alles wat er eigenlijk op je afkomt? Uh, ja, Nadine of Nathalie mag beginnen. Als iemand al een antwoord klaar heeft. Een tip klaar heeft. Hij is voor jou, hè, zeg je. Ja, dat zei ik eerst. En toen dacht ik, nou... Het is wel een om het alleen aan mezelf te vragen. Terwijl we hopelijk een heleboel luisteraars hebben die zich heel erg kunnen uh, vinden in jullie antwoorden. Ja, oh. Nee, ga maar Nathalie. Nou, ik wilde zeggen, wat, wat mij heel erg helpt, en ik voel me een soort van een hypocriete raadgever of zo. Want ik ga nu een advies geven die ik vooral ook, denk ik, aan mezelf wil geven. Um, um, uh, jezelf uh, uh, tijd, zeg maar... Tijd gunnen voor reflectie. Uh, ik merk bijvoorbeeld dat ik er zelf bij gebaat ben. Als ik gewoon probeer inderdaad een dagboek bij te houden. Of elke dag in ieder geval vijf of tien minuten iets. Uh, dat is misschien soms is het heel uh, in, in internal turmoil. En soms zijn het hele concrete acties. Uh, of gedachten om dat gewoon op papier te zetten. Maar ik merk ook, ook heel vaak dat ik die, uh, 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 dat uit de weg ga. Omdat ik uh, dan weet ik veel, uh, vind dat uh, uh, die ideeën misschien uh, niet valid zijn, of dat ik gewoon terug moet naar business as usual of zo. Maar ik merk wel dat gewoon even stilstaan en reflecteren, op welke manier dan ook, denk ik, tijd gunnen voor reflectie, is volgens mij een hele belangrijke sleutel. En nou ik het uitgesproken heb, ga ik het ook vaker doen. <laughs> Ja, ik denk, als ik daar gelijk op aan kan haken, ik denk dat die van mij daar een beetje op aansluit. En misschien het ook wel op een andere manier ook zegt. Maar je hebt goede dagen, je hebt slechte dagen. En het is zwaar. En als dat je een keer shit voelt, of erger, dan is dat helemaal oké. Okay. En dan hoef je je ook niet te dwingen om daar overheen te komen, of... Door te gaan. Nee, als je werkt, meld je ziek of iets dergelijks. Maar kies, kies op zo'n geval gewoon voor jezelf. Echt voor jezelf. Um, want daar sluit ook een beetje dat stukje aan. Je kan niet voor een ander zorgen als je niet voor jezelf zorgt. Maar daarin zit ook zorg. Door er doorheen te gaan. Door te voelen in plaats van het proberen weg te stoppen of overheen te stappen. Want dat haalt je uiteindelijk in. Dat is uh, iets waar ik aan moest denken net toen je het vroeg. Ja, super mooi, dankjewel. En ik denk dat het een hele mooie afsluiter is van dit uh, gesprek en segment van, uh, van Mama Knows Best. Dus heel erg bedankt voor dit, uh, voor dit gesprek en jullie deelname. Geen dank, jij bedankt voor het vragen en het initiëren. Ja, <laughs> yeah. was a pleasure. Ja. Het is fijn om jullie te horen. <laughs> Echt heel fijn. Ja. Yeah. Um, just a recap in English. Um, I asked the question, how, how, how are you? And it ended up being a little bit difficult to answer without saying just good. And I think the conversation ended with um, Nadine and Na or me asking Nadine and Natalie if you can give one tip um, just to stay sane in these, uh, in these situations. And I remember Natalie saying, giving the tip, which is kind of like hypocritical because she w really stands behind this tip but never follows it. <laughs> uh, 
And it was kind of like, please don't quote me because they were her tips and uh, they they were really nice. But please, just if you were if you work, call in sick. Like if you can't do it anymore, just don't do it. Um, I think that was uh, was the first tip. And I have to like <laughs> really go in there in my memories what the second one was <laughs> again. Um, but hopefully uh, not we can edit it in and maybe put it on the universe. Um, I did hear my own um, answer when we were talking about what do you do to just like stay calm and go through it. And I remember saying and I heard myself saying like I need my uh, my friends there and I need to like talk about it and sometimes I just call someone up and they probably be doing the dishes or something and I'm just like talking 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 and I'm, and I stand behind that answer still because I think it's really good to let it out but may I do realize that net, not everyone has the luxury to just have someone there to just call and I really don't know how I got so lucky. I'm not going to talk about it because I'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm so lucky that I can do it. But maybe if I was asked that question again, I would probably say just let it out. Just if it's not someone that you can call. I remember like not too long ago, maybe even yesterday, I was just so like oh with everything that was going on so i balled up my blanket and i just start punching it <laughs> which <laughs> sounds so weird but it was the best feeling that i had in like a while because working out it works somewhat somewhat it works but you know I, I don't like working out but it's good to like get it out but like punching a blanket or a pillow that i'll probably just keep it at um that that's uh maybe a little bit more in general from let it out instead of just calling someone um i hope i recap the end a little bit um i'm so sad because it was such a good conversation but that's okay um i think then now it is time <laughs> it's time for our um our second segment which is 30 minutes with and this time we, um, because the theme of the last exhibition was on collective care and togetherness, we kind of just went with the word care and we found like facts and fiction of the word care. And we're gonna present some to Ellie. Right, yeah. How this idea s started was um, we sort of wanted to address the issue of misinformation and um, that's why we took a little bit more importance to uh, get these facts and make sure that, that they're from credible sources and, and more than one source. Sometimes. Sometimes it's just one source. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we should just kick off with the first one. For sure, for sure. Okay, Ellie, you understand what we're doing, right? Um, yeah, so you just say some facts and then I say if I think they're true or not, right? Mm. Exactly. Are we going to elaborate or we just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Should I say why I think it's right or not? Or yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. And then we'll explain why it isn't. Or or it is. Or it <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, walking at a fast pace for three hours or more, at least twice a week, you can reduce your risk of a heart disease up to 30%. 
So do you think it's more or less than 30%? Should have have like a timer like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking. Well, I guess it's it sounds right to me to be thirty percent because I don't know, like it's it's a type of cardio that works with your with your heart, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's good. So I think it's it's about that amount. About thirty percent? Yeah, I think so. It is sixty five percent. Wow. And you only have to do it <laughs> once a week instead of twice a week. So walking once a week for three hours reduces it by 65%. Like fast-paced. Yeah, I think like, you know, like the power walk. <laughs> yes, I love this. Maybe I should try right. it. But this is also like so motivating to actually do cardio, which I hate. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. But I am so curious about like the running high, I think it's called. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I think it's, if you're like professionally running, I guess, or just like a lot of times a week, like maybe for a marathon, apparently somewhere when you're like keep running, you just get high. <laughs> like, wow. I don't know how it works, <laughs> but apparently it's like super, like you're just like running and you're like, ah, yeah. Yeah, from what I had to understand, like you enter a trance of sort of like, yeah, um, yeah, you get into like autopilot. Yeah, wow. which is, uh, I don't think I would ever experience that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm glad for the people who do it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So this fact came from uh, the National Library of Health in 2015, and they saw that the age group of like 65, if they walked for more than three hours once a week, they were less likely to go to the hospital for heart reasons. Oh wow! So as you get older, this gets more and more important. I don't want to tell my grandparents. <laughs> then. <laughs> I think this was one. Uh, it was my favorite. I think for sure because. It, it's also not that much of an effort if you really think about it, just going for a walk. I mean, three hours does sound like a lot, but thankfully we have yeah. our phones and we have albums, we have podcasts, we have things to, mm -hmm. to help it, you know, be easier to actually do these yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. You ready for the second one? Yes. Okay, let's do this. I'm very excited. Okay. Sitting at a desk for more than 10 hours daily can increase death by almost 30%. Wow. Um... Probably the hours are wrong. Probably it's like, I don't know. I imagine if you sit like in a desk for like 12 hours and then probably it's around like 45% actually. It's really close. It's 50%. Wow. Okay. But that's, that's a lot. That's, it, it is a lot. It and especially when you think about like most people do actually spend more than 10 hours sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the last year. Yeah, For yeah. Sure. Um, when I heard this, because we were still doing the facts and fiction stuff, so I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were like, this is actually true, <laughs> or you're just like over exaggerating it. But then I was like, why is no one talking about this? Why are we not like doing the the stand up desk? Like yeah. I found out about the stand up desk like a year and a half or so. So I was like, okay, what is it? Can a stand up desk is like a desk, but then higher, so you can stand. And okay. do everything that you do on a desk. <laughs> but Ellie, you also said something interesting that like now we're we're inclined yeah. to sit more, but that isn't inherently true because like if you to take the train or you drive to work, you're yeah. sitting down. You make it to the office and then you don't have stand up uh, uh, mm -hmm. desks. You're sitting down, so that's seven hours. Then you go back home in the same commute. 
you go home, you eat dinner sitting down. Yeah, it's true. I guess maybe for me it changed a lot because I you know, used to go to uni, I used to go to work, I used to cycle every day for like around 30 minutes and now I don't touch my bike for a month. Yeah. You know, mm. and so it's like well. a, it's a really big difference. Um, and I even noticed in my... Uh, like a yoga app now there's so much more yoga practices about um <laughs> when you work on a desk like yoga when you work at home or when you work at a desk for eight hours and stuff like that so yeah yeah like it it seems like something that can be like fixed easily when you say like oh just go on a walk or uh, walk to school instead of taking like the Felix that just <laughs> like went by. <laughs> How do you guys think that? Could you maybe give us like one tip to like improve our activities in in times like this? Well, I know uh, I don't do it always, but I I I have uh, friends who do this regularly because they work uh, from home in general. They're freelancers and. Um, so every 45 minutes when you work in front of a screen, you stand up and you walk for 10 minutes, like you go to the toilet, you drink some water, you just walk around the apartment a little <laughs> bit, you know? Um, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm really trying to be more active in my life, but I don't think I'm necessarily the person who has the best tips because I, I'm not, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially in, during the winter, this yeah. winter was yeah just the worst <laughs> in this <laughs> sense i was most outside when it was snowing i lord i love snow i think <laughs> am i the only one i, <laughs> I don't so. share this <laughs> 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 Sorry. i think it's just so much fun okay well i guess i'll just quietly move on to the <laughs> next one no but it's actually pretty cool I, that's what i was thinking um when the when the heavy snow came how like when I was a kid, I would immediately go out and be super happy about it and just mm -hmm. like spend, spend the whole day outside without feeling cold. Mm -hmm. And now uh, I was in Bulgaria. There was this like big snow a couple of months ago and I was just like walking for 10 minutes. I was like, no, I'm, this is enough. I'm uh, okay to go home now again. <laughs> I was like, let's just enjoy it. And I couldn't, you know, yeah. I'm like turned into this like whiny <laughs> 20 I mean, something I like it but like through a window like if I'm inside looking out into <laughs> it like it's pretty to look at but. I mean it's <laughs> nice and the first day is no one can complain about the first day sure. I'm so passionate about it like nice. I get the slippery thing I remember being like somewhat maybe having an attitude maybe and I walked towards someone that I had an attitude against and i was just like walking and I, like almost went into like a full split and i was like okay <laughs> so i guess it's just for the the first day yeah, but yeah that's um okay so the third one is uh drinking one liter of water increases the metabolic rate both men and women by 40 percent within 50 minutes like one liter in like on your exit Drinking, like one liter. Oh, yeah. oh, I don't know. Is liter uh, a gallon, I think. No, no, no. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Why am I not doing it? I don't think that's it? what she was asking. No, no, no. A no, liter, I, I don't know the English word. Because you said like in 15 minutes. Oh, <laughs> that. Uh, increase. Like, how do you say that? No, no, no. no. Higher. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, what's your question? It's like, do you have to drink it 
on w- one time do this one liter or it goes like throughout oh. the day no I, one time okay that's a lot to drink in one sitting it's a lot no <laughs> <laughs> well i guess it's true i don't know it's, it's no i messed up that one <laughs> <laughs> no, it was 500 milliliters, which is still a lot to drink in one go. Yeah. Oh, no, not for me. <laughs> no? Yeah, it's a good thing, but... <laughs> for sure. But I think this one is important, especially since we're all gaining weight a little bit, since we're all stuck inside. Yeah. And yeah, drinking water does boost your metabolism. So it's really, really important that you drink water if you're trying to lose weight. But you know what? That's interesting because I was reading this article that you really have to actually know your body because there are certain bodies that tend to hold on water too way too much mm-hmm. and m- for example i drink a lot like probably more than three liters water a day and still my metabolism is not that um i don't know how to say fast or something yeah. i think it's rather slow actually but that's because my body tends to hold on water too much so mm-hmm. actually for those type of people they should know what their body is to so actually to get the right amount of water per day because too much water is also not too good for them for apparently sure. yeah. yeah i mean that's what i learned recently and i was actually really surprised where did you find it out um and this well i'm re- recently like really into ayurvedic um kitchen so mm-hmm. this is like the, it comes from india and it's basically oh this whole um type of diet is all based on the type of body you have and also what type of mind you have. So uh, it's actually really interesting and it's all around the elements. And there, this uh, woman, she um, developed this uh, more alkaline diet, basically. And there she was saying about this um, thing. I think the, the book is called uh, Eat Fresh Start, something like that. It's a pretty cool book. Mm-hmm. Actually. I, I it sounds it. cool. Yeah. I think a lot of more people need to realize that we all have different bodies. And I think it yeah. makes so much sense that I might need like two liters and someone need more. Yeah. And I'm just so confused why we don't talk about it. Like it's good to have all the influencers and fit girls saying drink your water. But there's so much more going on than just um, yeah. drink as much as you can. Let's put it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Um did I? No, it's your turn, I think. It's yeah. my turn. Okay. So, true or false? Coconut oil is the healthiest fat on the planet. <gasps> oh, I think I know this from this book, actually. I think it is the mo- the healthiest. It is not. Extra wait, wait, wait. <laughs> 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 I want to think. Okay. Y- is it? <laughs> is it avocado oil? No. No. I'll give you one more shot. No, I don't know. It's like something extra. It's called extra extra virgin. Extra virgin olive oil, yeah. Oh, it was a good tip. So yeah, extra virgin olive oil has a ton of health benefits and um, I could go with it contains compounds and anti-inflammatory anti- compounds packed with monosaturated fats, this, that, and the yeah. other. And the thing is with um, coconut oil, there's a misconception that thinking that it's really, really good for you. So the, uh, the Harvard did the survey to like mm. see how many people think uh, co- coconut oil is really beneficial for them. And like 97% of people thought it was really good for them. And only 37% of nutritionists actually agreed. 
Okay. Mm. So it really doesn't provide the health benefits that extra aversion olive oil does, but it can, you know, hydrate your hair or hydrate your skin. And that's, that's good. I yeah. think that's, again, really depends on where you're from. Like, uh, because we are, uh, n- like, naturally, our bodies are connected with the region we are from, I think. And therefore, your body might, uh, how do you call it, digest something better than something else. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean. Because, for example, I've talked this with my roommate, uh, and uh, she has, um, like, cultural heritage from Asia. So, like, her um, ancestors are from Asia, and she loves tempeh and um, tofu. But, for example, when I have tempeh and tofu, because I'm from, like, Eastern Europe, mm. I digest it super bad. And she can have it every day, but I can have it, like, once a week, maybe. So it really depends on... There's oh. a pigeon <laughs> inside, just to let the listeners know. <laughs> Imagine the chaos of, like, everything, like, not working. <laughs> there's, like, a and there's pigeon. A pigeon. Like, oh. You have a secret guest, yeah. <laughs> No, but that's fun. We have some action in our lives right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get the pump, the, the blood flowing. <laughs> I think I just said that, that I had like a favorite one, but this is also one of my favorites. Yes. So do you think um, you may be more or less vulnerable to media messages when you eat fast food? Like on a regular basis or in general? Yeah. Like more more than often, let's say. Yeah, so if you have like an unhealthy yeah. diet, like very fast foodie. I I think so. Yeah? I think, well, or like vulnerable, okay. I don't know then in this case. I guess it, it depends what do you mean by vulnerable, but... I think that you're more inclined to... Um, if to you say... It or yeah, like it sounds super ridiculous if I'm going to say it now, but if you eat, let's say, McDonald's a bunch of time, apparently you might or may not yeah. be more uh, prone to buy something if it has like a sketchy commercial. I think that's true. Yeah? Why do you think that? Um, because I think <coughs> and for the people who don't care about their like diet at all, like I also have mcdonald's occasionally okay i'm not like a (laughs) saint here (laughs) but i think like once i really craved it but then i said but i don't want to give my money to this industry that is like killing animals and like polluting the the country Mm. i'm just gonna go home and i'm gonna make my homemade Mm -hmm. fries you know and i did it and i felt so good because so i think in this case is like in general i think if you have unhealthy not unhealthy diet but like if you really go for those like fast food chains that are actually so like one of the biggest polluters on earth and there's so many sketchy things behind i guess you're not really you don't really have a critical thinking therefore you also don't have a critical thinking towards ads or like mass media messages i guess i think that's such a good way to yeah explaining it also the pitching is really agreeing with you (laughs) 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 he was cheering i was like yes girl Uh, you are right, and I thought it was such a beautiful this um, explanation, but actually, it's just due to the heightened reward sensitivity. Mm, so yeah. it's you're hungry, you get in there, it's very fast, it's very quick, yeah. yeah. So apparently, when you just do the um, the oh, did you see? Apparently, so when you do the uh, 
yeah, if you eat a lot of fast food, you just tend to respond to that yeah. quicker. And also, uh, according to a re- report by Yale Rudd Center for food policy and obesity, fast food brands spent over $4.6 billion dollars on advertising because yeah. they know it works. It's crazy, though, for me. Mm-hmm. For sure. And also that we have to remember that it, it affects the more suscepti- susceptible members of our society as well, like yeah. children and, you know, yeah. That's actually so interesting. Yesterday I was in the supermarket and there was like this huge like say on Cheetos. Mm-hmm. And I could I, I saw like the little kids around it and just like asking their parents, can I have this? Can I have this? And it's crazy because I think when for some reason when we're younger, it's like incor- incorporated in our brains that bad food is actually like um, um, a price when we behave well. Right. And our mm. parents are gonna treat us with like McDonald's. I remember this was my yeah. Kids, yeah. Like, no, same, same for me. Yeah. yeah. And now we're like struggling with this like <laughs> addiction because for we sure. know it's bad, but. But this is where the ad money's going. Like this is yeah. it's sort of like indoctrinated in how we think, right? Like yeah. fast food is a treat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. I think that's when I have like the freedom to pick and choose my own subjects on school, I always choose like marketing, not because I just I'm such a good of a like marketing marketeer person. But the fact that cigarettes are just unthinkable to not have is just insane. And the whole reason why cigarettes are like big now is because they put like a cowboy on it and it's kind of like tough yeah for a man to just smoke cigarettes and then the women like of course women are like a lot of women so they wanted to sell cigarettes to them and they just sold it as like a um, dieting thing i also saw because i also learned this at uni that not only as a diet but also uh, when uh Because at the beginning only me- men were uh, smoking, mm-hmm. and to market it to women, like Philip Morris came up with this, so like Marlboro and all those brands, basically they um, they port, uh, marketed as you can be as independent as a man if you smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So they like they actually because it was like growing like with the feminism and things, so they actually sold it as like a feminist thing almost, you yeah. know, which is crazy. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's like insane. And then afterwards, when all of that was like crumbling down and people are starting to notice like, oh, <laughs> I'm kind of getting out of shape. Then they just use doctors and they put like pictures of doctors smoking everywhere and they're like, oh, it's healthy for you. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm so like obsessed with it, but please go, <laughs> go on because okay. I'll keep talking forever about cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, true or false? Physically active pregnant women have smarter babies. I don't know. Guess. Well, Dijla, uh just got here. Yeah, hello. Because I feel... Yeah, you can put the mic, like, close. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yes, there you are. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very spontaneously. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we just asked a question. Uh, maybe you want to repeat it and maybe sure, sure. you might want to answer it. I actually got the question. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. that's good. I don't know, but I'll guess yes. You're absolutely right. Uh, physically active women while they're pregnant have smarter babies. Um, and w- how exactly... So according to the Journal of Clinical and Experimental Neuropsychology, 
Pregnant women who exercise three times a week for 20-minute intervals improve their child's brain function and development. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting because now I'm so, like, uh, influenced by my sociological courses, but... (laughs) To be able to exercise means you have extra leisure time. In this, the time you mm. exercise mm-hmm. means you're not working, you're not making money. So people who exercise three times a week have to be, in a way, privileged to be able to spend this time on exercising. And that directly influences whether their kids will be smart or not really, which I think is really weird. Because it in the end, it all comes down again to like social structure and social mm-hmm. class. Yeah. It could be, but I think in many places now, you know, women are given uh, pregnancy leave. Hopefully, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully, it's li- it evens out the playing field a little bit. But I totally get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's also maybe like playing what's the devil's advocate is that I have a friend who works like I think like not even forty, like maybe fifty ish hours a week. But he told me, and I sort of believe it, that he just gets up at like five or six to just um running to go running and then at first i was like boy you know that's too much like that's too much but then he did say something very like valid which is like otherwise i just can't keep up because it does give you energy and it does like make you a little bit yeah more more on your feet i guess so i was like you you i don't know if i'm behind the the statement of like if you want it you can do it yeah but <laughs> like it's like up there <laughs> but that's like kind of the counterintuitive thing about exercise that you would mm-hmm. think it would take away energy since it t- takes so much to do but it actually gives you more energy right? yeah yeah that's for sure it's just weird that i know that and sometimes i'm like in my room like oh i need energy but to actually get up and like do something that's like the hurdle that just i can't yes and i think at this point is is okay you know like it's very mm. important to like say to ourselves that it is okay to be like this yeah and to like to not expect from us too mm-hmm. m- like more than we're capable of <coughs> taking in yes like actually if you do it it makes you feel better but still you like it's your life and you are you're nothing less if you don't do it mm-hmm. i think it's sure. just important to say because there's just like so many like messages on social media like you know like mixed messages that i'm not sure which i support exactly and i really want to make sure that everyone feels okay you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a hard one yeah um oh it's my turn i think yes so 25 percent of each purchase made in your local independent businesses stays in your community. So is it more or less than 25% that stays in the community? Of your what purchase? Of your local independent businesses. So local stores. Yeah. I guess it really depends on where you're from, no? But mm, Why? Because some places have less and less local businesses mm. and some have mm-hmm. i don't know oh, i you want to answer digitally i really oh i'm thinking um i think it has more to do with the um like taxing that's what and i was thinking as well yeah oh yeah i think in those terms case but i'm not sure if it's actually 25 percent Mm, could be more or less. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not like sure. 33. Like, 
Okay, I'll give you a little hint. Since the 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 information that this was published at was a American Independent Business Association. I don't okay. know if that helps. Okay. You. Okay. So well, then there's probably a standard for that, or yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's more. You wanna throw a number? Yeah, <laughs> I said like thirty-three. Thirty-three. <laughs> that's close. Mm-hmm. It's forty-eight. Forty-eight. Okay. Well, then that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Almost half. Yeah. Yeah. We were really surprised. So apparently, each purchase that you make in your local independent business stays in your community. You can compare it to a more fourteen percent of chain store. So it's a good thing. So I would say, uh, support yeah. your locals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I became so sad yesterday. I live in um, in the west of Rotterdam, and there was this like super cool. Um, Surinamese market that was open once in a while, but it was like such a nice vibe and everything. And uh, and now yesterday I walked past by and I saw that it's gonna be a little, mm. and I just was oh. like, this is just <laughs> so sad. Yeah, <laughs> really so sad. But it's hard to see it like yeah. disappear or change maybe. Change, right? Yeah. Uh, number eight. Okay, we're so almost there. Yeah, this is the last one, and this one also has to do with community, but more relative to our community. So I'm going to throw out this stat, and you're going to tell me if it's true or false. According to the demographics from the municipality of Rotterdam in 2016, 15% of people over the age of 19 feel lonely while living in Rotterdam. 15? 15%. I guess it's going to be a a higher... Did you agree? Yeah, probably, because also I keep hearing recently that there is a big um, chance of young people going on burnout. Mm. And, okay, these are not directly related, but I see some um, correlation. Yeah. Yeah. So probably there's a higher number for that. I mm-hmm. agree with Ellie. Yeah. You guys want to throw a number? 37. 37. Yeah, I would go with like 45. I don't know. Oof. <laughs> you were really close. It's 43%. In oh. the study of 2016. I was looking for the one in 2020, but I couldn't really find it. Also, I don't know if this, they were actually doing, uh, what are those called? Surveys? Surveys. Mm. Census. There you go. Oh. I don't know um, how often they do them, but yeah, 63%. Oh, 43. 43%. Right. And then, yeah, that, that is almost half. And that's pretty yeah. surprising. Mm. Well, I think not really, because if you think about it, it's quite a big city. So... It takes a while to get to to get to get the city in a way, like to mm-hmm. find your circle and like to to not feel lonely. I think it's just like it has it's a two co- two sided coin because on one hand you're free and you're like invisible and you can be whoever you are, but on the other hand you're like feeling lonely because of this freedom. For yeah, sure. and th- that's my experience at least at the, the first two years. Yeah. And also, I think it has something to do with the expat community, young mm-hmm. expat com- community who comes to Rotterdam, because it's quite a big city. There's also a university, a big university. So probably um, young people who come here have the motivation of staying for long but short time, mm-hmm. or yeah. they're outsiders yeah. in a way. So it makes the percentage higher, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they mentioned if it's like only the the yeah. What do you say, like local Rotterdam people? So yeah, no, 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 they didn't separate in demographics. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think it's interesting that like it's almost the majority of people that feel this problem and it's not really addressed. Yeah, and I think it's also it's from 2016, so 
It's nothing. It new. was already here right. before COVID. Uh huh. I'm actually pretty surprised about the stats. I didn't expect this thing coming. Mm-hmm. This is surprising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we yeah. were really surprised about um, <laughs> making this uh, this little quiz for you guys. Thank you. It was so uh, fun. Yeah, change some interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was a cool. It was a cool thing. Thank you, Andre, for uh, for helping me make no, this. No problem. It was really really cool, and it was fun. We had the office for ourselves, so sure. that was really cool. Sure. And it's also important, I mm-hmm. guess, to know this and then clear the air a little bit on what what is fact and what is fiction. Yeah, definitely. Especially when the when the content actually is about you and and your health mm-hmm. and yeah. the people that you care about. Yeah, it's also maybe hopefully some kind of like a little reality check. Like it's exactly. actually, <laughs> exactly. it's actually like this. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, well, thank you once again. Um, I am going to look at Jorn <laughs> and I'm going to try to do the the conversation again because we had like a little technical difficulties. <laughs> so I hope I'm going to remind the conversation with Nadine and Natalie back. This is in Dutch. And hopefully we can listen to the remainder of our tips and tricks to how to stay sane in uh, these environments. So I'm gonna pr- press play. Oh, it's me. <laughs> Well, um, right now we have Shang. <laughs> She's waiting for uh, for her turn on the air, and uh, we have a little bit of technical difficulties. And I very um, rudely said, "Maybe we can put it on the universe." <laughs> so now I'm looking at Shang to hopefully make her put it on the universe. I'm gonna restart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, imagine that just my sound was off. <laughs> I would be so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, no. We tried, we tried. Um it's a little bit chaotic maybe, but um I wanna thank Andre very much for your participation in the uh, quiz and helping me out and i'm gonna say have a great night <laughs> it feels so dramatic <laughs> to like all of a sudden say goodbye to you <laughs> but thank you andre and i'm gonna welcome uh Sean to the to the table can you sit uh where andre sat hello, <laughs> hello. You can use the uh, the microphone, and Andre is gonna leave us. And then we're just gonna pick up where we left off. Uh, you, um, I think we might have a little recap for uh, for Shang and Dietzler. We started uh, this show with uh, just a little reminiscent about all on collective care and togetherness because it's been a while. And um, as a reaction into on collective care and togetherness, Andre and I made a fabricated fact quiz. So we presented our uh, quiz facts 
uh, to Ellie and Dietzle joined us very spontaneously <laughs> into it. And uh, yeah, it was really, really fun. I'm really happy how it turned out. And then we started with the recording of Nadine and, uh, and Natalie about how to just keep it cool and keep it together with everything that is going on right now. And um, at the like tip end, I asked the question if can we have like one more tip? Um, it stopped and I really tried to like get in my noggin and get the memory out there but I'll probably butcher it so that's why I was like Sean can we put it on the universe please <laughs> but sure that's okay <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> um, so yeah I think uh, this uh, last half hour we're going to uh, get to know the editor team a little bit better And then we have, uh, we're going to do it by, I'm going to ask you, of course, to introduce yourself and who are you. And especially for Sean, what are your plans for the universe? And then later on, we're just going to like, ha I have some prepared some questions for you that Sean can already see. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have to like readjust. I will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Sean, welcome. Our new editor-in-chief. How are you? Oh. <laughs> a bit closer yes how are you i'm doing good doing good mm -hmm. happy to be here with you all oh that's nice so how are you uh you've been with us now since mm, since december when? december so how are you you up months since december at mama it's been quite a whirlwind to say the least mm. i guess um in the very best way possible <laughs> that's good that's good it's, it's like uh almost a bit like boarding this mm. whole spaceship mothership that is mama you know yeah You're just getting to know everyone and everything that's mama's doing and everything we have our fingers into mm -hmm. so that's just been very interesting yeah oh that's good and uh yeah fun i mean even in the in the pandemic starting a new job yeah within a pandemic i still feel like Um, I have been welcomed in such a sweet and warm, compassionate way by everyone. And I'm just very moved by that as well. Like I really felt at home right oh, away with all good. of you. And it was just really <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Even if we don't get to see each other as often. So, so yeah, that's just really nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, welcome, Dietzle. Thank you so much, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> You've been with us for a little while. For a while. year. Yeah. Yeah, okay, a bit more than a year, mm -hmm. I think. Um, I joined the team by the beginning of 2020. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. But I think you I were at the Christmas party, no? Yeah. In so 2019. Yeah, okay, but that's <laughs> the beginning of 2020, I think. I don't know, that's how I see it at least. But anyway, um... And I've been an editor since last March, so it's been exactly a year. Mm -hmm. And it's been going well, especially after um, Shang joined us. We have a relaunch in our editor's team. And I have to say that it's been quite exciting because now I feel like we're a good team together with Ellie mm. as well. So at the moment, we're two editors and we have our editor-in-chief and we're trying to... Um, have a good structure on our universe. Yeah, that's good. So that's going well. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty happy about it, yeah. Oh, that's nice. And then we have Ellie, who's been here forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like the OG. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm Ellie. I was already in the previous uh, show as well. I introduced myself as a part of the editor's team at MAMA. And uh, it's been um, 
really nice for me to to be in this team. It's uh, mm. it's just very exciting to see how you can uh, build something online and really understand it how to do it behind <laughs> you know it's just cool and also yeah. really now with uh with digital and shang we've in the past few months we've been really like working on how to i mean shang is going to tell you more about it but just really how to make it like the new the universe 2.0 <laughs> so i'm very excited about like kind of the symbolic launch of that mm-hmm. <laughs> and also now the the piece we're working on with digital is uh, is coming up really cool yeah oh i'm excited yes. you actually presented like a piece in the last show yes. which is out now which I is think, out right? now yes and yeah. you can go and check it out uh it's about how the pandemic influenced the different generations and it's really cool and uh we would love to hear your opinion about it so please check it out on the this is mama.nl slash universe yeah that's very good so shang i heard uh the universe 2.0 can you uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about it? It's just a little uh, funny <laughs> nickname that we coined for it for now. <laughs> yeah, but I guess what's just been happening is just that ever since I came here, I was just very excited um, because it's one of my main tasks over at Mama is to is to really reimagine and have the universe and just co-develop this direction that we're going. Um, together with the editor's team, of course. Sorry, I'm making a lot of noise. <laughs> like the worst. <laughs> Today is just a very <laughs> random, <Yeah>. funny show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm happy it's with you guys. <laughs> no, continue, sorry. Um, just trying to see where my line of thought was. <laughs> sorry. It's also really funny to hear your own voice in this way, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you need to get used to it a little bit. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, but definitely uh, interesting experience that mm. we've been uh, put into now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe I have like a question to just like uh, get a little bit loose. If you could name Mama's Universe and you can give it like your own name or make up a name, I'm going to ask all three of you, what would be the new Mama Universe? Mm. Oh, we've had quite a few very interesting sessions that we were brainstorming. Actually, yeah. Oh, you actually about talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not in oh. the direct sense, but <laughs> we actually um, had some tours around it. So mm-hmm. this question doesn't sound so oh, that's strange so cool. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I cannot name anything at the moment because yeah. I just forgot. <laughs> Maybe we could name some keywords though yeah. that we yeah. came yeah. up with. That yeah. we thought that the new universe, the reimagined universe, the 2.0, could be like yeah. immersive. We said we said that a lot. Exactly, yes. immersive, interactive, yeah, uh, Im- playful. Uh, diverse as well and uh, inclusive um, community yeah and I guess maybe it's not per se a name but one thing that kept coming up mm-hmm. was the uh, the Pokemon called Ditto oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. true I forgot why because we were thinking that um, just like how you see I mean an, any universe is this expanding fluid block kind of yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's how we sort now. of imagined the universe being as well as being more of this fluid kind of entity that is constantly changing, shifting, changing shapes, and just yeah. taking in new information and something new is synthesized out of that. Yeah. So that's sort of what we are. That has just come out 
out of our brainstorm sessions. Yeah. I would actually come up with yeah. a name also, but this is just my <laughs> personal opinion. I would call it the platform because for me, the universe is the platform that I can actually um, try to create something and I would discuss it with my peers. And mm-hmm. also it's always so fruitful to hear from their side, like what they're up to. And I also see, I mean, this is quite personal again, but I see Rotterdam happening at mm. the universe. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. for me, it's yeah. the platform because also most mm. of my city network mm. has something to do with mama and the universe. Mm. So for me, like um, without any other names, it would be the place, you know, <laughs> yeah, cool. kind of like this online clubhouse exactly. collaboration space. Yeah, right? for me, yeah. that's yeah. how it is. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. I don't have a clubhouse, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. So, <laughs> no, that's really cool. Um, I have a question uh, for Shang, and maybe even for you as well. I can imagine that when you, um, yeah, getting ready for your interview and you read the application and it says you're going to be, yeah, the the boss of the universe. Without explaining too much, when you're preparing for an interview with Mama, um, did you already had like stuff in mind that you wanted to do with the universe without like the framework that we have at Mama? Can you maybe, do you maybe have um, some ideas or concept that you wanted to do or where you thought like, okay, I'm going to mention this in the interview and then I'll get hired? <laughs> <laughs> I think not in such a planned out way per se, <laughs> but I d- definitely did have when I was browsing the universe mm. and preparing for my interview, I did have a lot of random ideas or like the, these little brain farts that sort of came <laughs> up. <laughs> and I'm just very happy that um, just already in the first few months that I've been here, I feel like I've already been able to to share a lot of these ideas that I've had. And I'm just really happy to have such a wonderful editor's team as well who are also also so enthusiastic about reimagining the universe together. Yeah, that's and nice. And that I really felt that, oh, I, now I'm really here at this place where everyone is very receptive of each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. But I've, I think I've always felt from the beginning that, and that's how I really felt Mama was from the beginning as well, is that it's first, first of all, it's also a community. And it's also, I think, the idea of co-creation, this concept is so important in everything we do. So I think that's why, in a sense, I also didn't want to have too much of this preconceived idea or notion of what I thought the universe could be as a potential new editor-in-chief, because I always felt that I feel like that's something that you should co-create more and in collaboration with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also... yeah, I think it's an interesting way of how Mama operates as well, right? In in many ways, we are, in some ways, yeah, disrupting traditional ideas of top-down or hierarchies, and it's all very yeah. this grassroots kind of feeling. And I think that's also one one thing that I really wanted to emphasize as well in the new universe: this idea of online community space and also radically inclusive space as well and what that means is you have to be it's not a luxury as well you really do have to be yes um looking past traditional notions of um yeah hierarchies for instance yeah actually can i share an anecdote about this mm-hmm. 
So when I encountered Mama for the first time, it was already so long ago, almost <laughs> eight years ago, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, I was an exchange student here back then. And I saw this almost empty space with an open door. And there were young people in there <laughs> doing something, and they just welcomed me. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where I am at the moment, but this <laughs> looks cool. Let me figure out what's happening here. And it took me two to three minutes that... This is a community space, and uh, that programming at that moment was playing games together, so there was not necessarily an installation, but it was so much fun. So after that, whenever I ended up at Vitadivit, uh, I always checked Mama, and then I figured out that you can actually do much more than what I thought it was. And since then, I've been always in interested. So now I ended up in Rotterdam, and I'm a part of it, mm -hmm. and it's just great, because for me, Mama always stays as that open door on the street. And that's great, in my yes. opinion. Yeah, great it's actually it. interesting because now when you said that, I realized how much I miss that. Because the other day I was on Vit Vit and I was just walking around and and the showroom was closed, obviously. And I was like, wow, I, I just miss, you know, like walking around and being able to come in. Even before yes. I, was, I was part of Mama, just as a visitor. It's just like really... You could always like hang in. I've had so much like just encounters with people on the street, just like being there and just like talking with random people and just like engaging in a conversation. It's it's really interesting. And I think that's exactly what we're trying to do with the universe is to to transfer this feeling in an online environment, mm -hmm. like the feeling we have when we pass by Mama, but like virtually, yeah, you know, in a website. Yes, it's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I have like a little grateful like mama moment. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the summers. The summers are so nice. Like everyone just hangs out, hangs out at outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. One time. Pretty oh, soon. we needed this appreciation moment together. <laughs> yeah. It's also we don't come together that often. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's happening this way. So we also <laughs> share the appreciation, which is necessary at this point. Yeah. yeah. It's Definitely really nice. Necessary to keep up the hopes and. Yeah. Like one day. It's going to be uh, be good. I heard from uh, from from like a programmer from Bird, I think, and I think I told everyone already. But I still feel like it's such an important way. I met him, and I think his job was like programming. So he's like, yeah, my daily job now is just uh, pushing like dates and like emailing. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that must suck. Like that's so sucky. And he was like, no, 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 because I'm like pushing the date. I'm not canceling it. So you always have something to look forward to. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's wow. so nice. Yeah, that's it's true. Stu stuck with me. It's a great silver lining, actually. Yeah, to true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really, really nice. Okay, so I have one last question uh, for, for Xiang, and I think you guys can answer it too. You mentioned uh, you have all these like brain farts and like <laughs> cool things. How do you... Yeah, maybe you can share your process on how do you go from like a little brain fart or like something, a hint of something, and then just actually make it to the universe. Wow, that's that's a complicated <laughs> process to <laughs> describe, I guess. I mean, I think in, in a way it's just how I am or work. And then it's also at a certain point, I think it's about accepting who you are and your unique your own unique um, skills and everything, and just trust, just trusting it, and trusting these ideas and visions and everything that you have that come up, and just taking it seriously in mm -hmm. a way. 
And I think that's actually something that I think took me the longest in a way to develop. But I feel like once you're there, there's also no way back anymore. So that's also good. <laughs> but I think if, yeah, if I really have to, yeah, there's not really one way of of describing a process, I think. I think it's like a constant kind of alchemy because it changes yeah. constantly um, depending on who you're working with, what you're working with, what kind of idea it is, what kind of concept it is. But what I'm also constantly trying to do is develop frameworks and structures around it to have some kind of framework going on so that these ideas don't just flow around untethered as it were yeah. but they have some kind of they they have some grounding some some place to take roots kind of mm-hmm. yes. that makes sense at all <laughs> maybe you guys can add in something or maybe share your own process from like oh i want to make something for the universe how do you get to actually make something well for me that's always a hard process <laughs> 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 because also like um at first whatever um sounds so good to you you need to find out if it actually has a value for its spectator. And um, that requires a lot of feedback, in my opinion, and a lot of brainstorming. Mm. So it's really important to fine-tune such things. There were pieces that I planned to do, mm-hmm. but I gave up on the way because I just didn't see the added value after a while. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, what is important is that I'm not coming up with something um out of my how do you call it like pleasure seeking um artistic body but more like um is there something for someone else at least one person so yeah yeah but i think there is um once you are concentrated on one theme or one outcome you can actually work around it because there are many formats now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, look at us. We can just produce so many things in so many different ways and it doesn't have to be in one constant form. So that gives a lot of freedom and um, ease in terms of producing something. Yeah. But at the same time, it makes it longer and harder because then you're supposed to choose the best format and the best way of doing it. So this is an entire learning process for me because at the beginning it was what made me Oh, I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in the other traditions. Yeah, but then it turned out to be okay. Like now, there's, I know how this goes. Plus, I'm in a team, and I can check with them all the time, and then I can fine tune. So that's also what I try to give back to my peers as well, if they ever need some inputs or feedback. So I think that's a lot of interaction. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such an important part that you're highlighting that we're doing this as a team as well. So in a, in a lot of senses, Definitely. there's so much mutual support and this environment being fostered where you can actually, yeah, just actually even share these brain farts free flowing. You know, like that's I think that's why I I felt so swiftly welcomed when I started out there because I felt like oh here all your ideas actually matter even. If they sound completely ridiculous in your head, but you express them and people actually, they listen to it and they validate it. And exactly. I think that's such a beautiful, powerful part. And I think yeah. it's such an important part of the artistic process that often gets overlooked. Definitely. peer to pair support. And yeah, I think that's really wonderful and that's something that we're building now. Actually, my upcoming piece occurred that way. 
I was just last mm-hmm. year. I was in the office and I was uh, working on the universe. Duh, that's my <laughs> job. <laughs> and um, I just took a moment to tell something to Kim, who is our office manager at Mama, and she just said that wow, that sounded cool, and she actually mm-hmm. elaborated that idea, and I was like, nah. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> cool. And then actually she encouraged me to make a universe piece out of it. And first mm-hmm. I tried to do it in a text-based format, but then it didn't feel right. And then she and you suggested to make a uh, radio piece out of it. So yeah, really that's cool. what what's coming up. So I'm, I'm really pretty happy about it. So that's how it just worked. Mm-hmm. Ellie, would you mm-hmm. share your... Uh yeah. <laughs> I think it's I was when I was listening to them I was thinking of different things that I like about this um, job in a way and I think when, especially when you're an editor it's like finding the balance so sometimes you might come up with an idea but you have to, but you might not be the best person to execute it so to actually look for someone who is like fitting in your vision and who would do the task and then it's more like guiding process and I really enjoy that process of actually like sitting down with someone or like someone has an idea and they want to share it with with, and I'm thinking like it's in my mind I'm just always thinking how can I relate this to the universe you know who can I like involve or like give the opportunity to create something because I think this is something like you always carry it with you you know like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like this mindset is like okay th- my, how do my how are my experiences relevant for the universe or what is something i really would like to to stress about stress on and create an article about it or like create create a content piece basically about it so and i think for me for example i'm more my mindset is more like anything could go if you present it in a nice way so I'm a little bit less critical than Digile is in this mm-hmm. case, but I think that's exactly why we we are very n- nice to be in a team. Because yeah, it's a good team. Yes, because like we, we give very different perspectives. And then now when we have Shang as well, she's more like this um, experienced person who gives us the guidance to be able to really perceive what we want to do. So I think it's just a very nice... Um, Combo. Yeah. I totally agree. Dream team. Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, um, I mean, I just approached it from a content maker perspective almost. But Ellie is very right that um, this is also about facilitation. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It's a different skill. It's very important to learn. I mean, for instance, I um, name myself as a cultural manager and facilitation is part of my job. Therefore, it's important to know that how you can connect one idea to one content maker. Yeah. And knowing that sometimes it cannot work, but at least you can give it a try with the uh, most feasible resources and then not wasting so much, but actually giving a try. So I think it's a very, um, it's almost mathematics in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to make it complicated. It's not that complicated, mm-hmm. but you need to see it in that way. So you like have to put that lens on, as Eli said, that's what can go there and who could do that. Definitely. I think it's definitely almost mathematical, right? Yeah. Like some kind of alchemical process in a way. And it's just always very interesting to, uh, to see. That's why every time, every, every single article or item is is different. So the process is always different as well. 
Yeah. And I totally agree as well that it takes more time than if there was more of a fixed kind of hierarchical format of doing things. But I think at the end of the day, there's just more opportunity there to to really reframe and rethink even the, an artistic process or an editing process or some content making process from the beginning. And I think that's also very interesting what what's being done there and sort of in line with, I feel like one of the core ideas of Mama also to always be self-reflexive and always be yeah. a bit self-critical of what are we actually doing here, you know? And who are we serving here? Exactly. But that's something you can look back to. Because mm -hmm. last year I had to um, classify all the archive of Mama. Mm -hmm. What was there, um, what kind of programs we had previously. And you tag them according to their social themes. And it was quite a useful exercise also to see where Mama stands in the, uh, in the society. So what you said is very important in that manner. And... What's going to be beautiful, in my opinion, is that five years from now, ten years from now, the others, the next generation will look at it. Oh, back in 2020, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm a bit old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, in 2020, this was the hot topic, not for the sake of making it attractive, but this was what, what mattered back then. So it's also important to reflect um, the society in those terms and in the work of Mama, mm -hmm. if I was clear enough. No, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, you guys mentioned before having this like lens on and just thinking everything that you come across, it could maybe be something for the universe. But I can also imagine in times like these, it's kind of hard to like, keep keep that lens on. Maybe all three of you could share like a way how to still keep. Being inspired is like one way, but also just keep, um, yeah. How do you say that sharp to actually like notice the changes? Because sometimes the days just merge in together and everything is the same. So how do you still be like up and, um, yeah? How do you say that? Scherp. Sharp. Sharp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Shang, can I ask you that question? Mm, how do you stay sharp? <laughs> <laughs> I think because be how do you stay inspired is, is a question that a lot of people ask, but how do you stay like on your feet is maybe something else. I think it's also part of um, just going with the natural flow of things as well. And I think in a way, actually also not to be too hard on ourselves at this moment. Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's really something that I see a lot in, in the cultural sphere as a whole, you know, that this idea that oh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but there's still this relentless need of having to produce new things and having to think of new things and having to, to, to respond to it in some kind of relevant or valuable or useful way, which I think is, of course, it's a wonderful idea and motivation. But I think in the process, we should also not forget ourselves. So in this sense, I feel like taking out the rest and self-care is also very important. And like I personally actually, I don't know about you guys, but I, I have been feeling, to be honest, this kind of screen fatigue for quite a while now. Like yes. you're being so inundated with new ideas, new concepts, new things the whole time without actually being able to, to transform it into something else or 
or this input output balance has been very schooled for mm-hmm. a while now. Yeah. So after a while, it just gets too much. I feel, and like for me personally, um, like for instance, social media use. You know, everyone it has all skyrocketed because there's nothing else that we can really do now to connect with people or mm-hmm. to share our works or what we do. But um, I feel like it's for me personally, what actually really helped was sometimes just taking out a week break yeah. or longer from yeah. social media and actually just sort of resetting your mind in a way. Because um, I feel like in order to stay sharp and inspired, you also need to create space. Yeah. And you need to create the room in order for fi- things to grow in your mind. And I feel like that's impossible when you're so- somehow like stuck in this hamsters wheel the whole time. True. Mm. Well, for me, it's also a roller coaster, I have to say. I mean, it started quite well. I was fine. But then, like, recently I'm experiencing loss of focus, this and that. Yeah. So what I try to is, to do is um, experimenting new routines i mean not necessarily routines but change of environment maybe mm-hmm. i mean like if i'm sick of my desk i mean i'm not sure if i'm answering the correct question no no, no but I, this is what i understood from your question mm-hmm. also i mean um obviously we cannot do much and i need to have my motivation in order to keep going with um what i work with and also what i care for and um just trying new things in my own um, possibilities, let's say. And also um, trying to look at something that doesn't work from a complete opposite perspective. Mm -hmm. Then you can actually double check with your idea or your way so that you can spot better if you need to change something or not. And also not being too harsh on yourself as well. I learned to just relax and... Um, take my time also Mm -hmm. and focusing on simple things in in terms of themes I mean now like let's say that we're supposed to come up with something for the universe instead of making complicated ideas or coming up with very um, let's say full matrices I would focus on personal narratives and also simple practices because I think we all came to realization that these also matter. Keep it simple, keep it comprehensive. Also, just let it be the way it is. And mm. then it can be still meaningful and beautiful in a, w- in a way. I mean, mm. we were also having conversations around this manner when we were deciding what kind of content we want to see on the universe. We just said that, like, um, I don't know, even a WhatsApp co- conversation can be on the universe, on the universe, because... It's an everyday practice, and if there is something meaningful in there, it's totally worth to spec- spectate, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Ellie, do you have something to add on? Do you agree? <laughs> yes, I agree, actually. I don't know if... Um, I mean, they very nicely also... I'm on the same opinion, but I was going to... What I, what I thought immediately when you asked the question was that sometimes to... You don't necessarily have to look outside for inspiration. You mm-hmm. can sometimes it's also nice to look inside, and that's what actually I've been doing for the past year, and I feel more creative than ever that's in so terms cool. of really like, but like not this creativity that constantly produces something, 
but more like this mindset of I can I can like I can turn anything into a creative practice and I can um even the small things you know like even journaling or just tidying my room and stuff so and actually from those practices where you look inside in those just doing simple things sometimes you come up with really cool ideas that are actually relevant for the times that we live in now which mm-hmm. i think is also important yeah and it's really about for me at least what i like is really the personal angle and how someone experiences particular things and now in the political and social climate we live in there's so many things happening constantly and yeah so for for me that's it actually mm-hmm. and that's how also you stay sharp when you are in a way i think it's in a nutshell is like practicing mind mindfulness but mindfulness not in the sense that you do yoga or you meditate every day <laughs> but actually mindfulness by definition means being present and the moment you are in so for me that's actually what is going to keep you the sharpest when you're present yeah And there's one more thing. I mean, we're pretty much left alone in our own bubble because of the physical circumstances, of course. But knowing that I can communicate with people is a way to stay sharp stay sharp for me because th- I'm just talking in terms of universe. There's something then I know that I can talk to my team and I can socialize. Yeah. I can also, I don't know, relax a bit because I have this tendency to make everything a lot bigger in my mind. And I'm sometimes sick of being alone in those terms because i don't know i'm people's person in a way that i would like to socialize so it's just good to know that i can talk to my team i mean also my team sounds a bit too formal but also these people i work with let's say yeah for instance um eli always tries to catch up at the first place when we have meeting in order um in ter- how to call it um instead of just jumping in the topic Mm-hmm. We always try to check with each other like um how is it going this and that and it actually quite um yeah nice. It's interesting because uh when we had the conversations how to like keep cool my answer to that question was like let it out with my friends and yeah. I realized I listened to it back and I realized that not everyone is as fortunate to have a group of people or a select people exactly. to have yeah. um or a team like yeah. you say Um so I'm actually curious about you because I <laughs> my solution for like letting it out and maybe not having the the type of friends or available me now was balling up my blanket and just like punching <laughs> it. <laughs> my dog was in the corner like okay. <laughs> But let's say you're not in a position right now where you can just share with with us. Um how would you then like stay sharp i guess to keep mm-hmm. like in a question but also just keep your head like cool well i distract myself with things that i like to do mm-hmm. knowing that the feelings or the thoughts are temporary i always try to remind myself because i know how my mind works now i can exaggerate i can get lost in my own thoughts but especially this year i learned that those are temporary and If I wasn't left alone this much, maybe I didn't have the chance to realize. Mm-hmm. And also, I was able to empathize with the people. Like you said, not everyone has this chance to share. Yeah. I mean, not that I solved the entire situation or something, but at least I know that things are temporary and it's going to be solved. And 
once we're able to sleep on something, there's always a new start. Yeah. This sounds like a yoga or something. Yeah, I felt like all warm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I looked at you like, yeah. <laughs> Sheds a tear. <laughs> no, I think I want to thank you guys for, for answering my questions and sharing so much. And I think it's a, a fun way to get to know you guys at, uh, at the most random <laughs> and a little bit lighter, which doesn't take away everything that you just said. I'm really grateful for, for you guys sharing. And I think to close this uh, show off, we have 15 minutes of a little bit of fun. And I um, formulated some questions on who is most likely to <laughs> and then do whatever. <laughs> Let's so. see if we know each other that well. Yeah. <laughs> so I think what we can do is I'll ask the question and then I'll just, uh, Shang will say a name. You can name yourself. And then we go to Ditchland and we go to Ellie. Uh, sure. Ellie, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so a very easy one to start off is who will be most likely to get lost in the wilderness? Don't think too much. So Sean has to say it like right away. Myself. Oh. <laughs> well, me. <laughs> I was going to say Sean as well. Oh. <laughs> so we have two times Sean. Why? Why did you say yourself? Uh, my sense of orientation isn't really <laughs> the best. No. <laughs> and what did you say, Sean? Because she just gives the version of this very like dreamy person, and I just <laughs> imagine her really like just being super mesmerized by everything, and just like <laughs> in the end, just being there. It's so true, though. I was in the. I went to the Veluwe a few months ago. It was like best decision ever. And I just got totally lost in the woods <laughs> biking. And then I was like, oh, the lighting is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you are right. That's funny. <laughs> um, okay. So who is most likely to develop weird phobias or maybe has one already? You know, it's oh, hard. Well, I do have a weird one. What is it? I cannot look at sharp objects. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. What happens if you look at a... It feels like they're, it's digging my eyes. It, it's oh. a very <laughs> uncomfortable feeling. I discovered this when I was five. And since then, I c like, if someone points a sharp pencil to me, I just can't look at it. Wow. Yeah, and there's a name for it, but I forgot. I didn't care oh, so okay. much about it. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else has weird, weird phobias? I don't really know. I don't... I <laughs> think fear of heights or large water bodies is quite common, right? Yeah. It's yeah. quite common. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <coughs> That's what I, I was also going to probably say Digile, because she just like this has this particularity about things. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was expecting and she didn't disappoint yeah. me. <laughs> so that's really cool. <laughs> that's you figured cool. me out, Ellie. <laughs> uh, who is most likely to break some kind of world record? So I don't have a specific one, but who is most likely to end up in the oh. Genesis Book of Records? I yeah, think okay. it's called. Shang. I think I actually think Dijda as well. Oh. Yeah. I'm it's curious why. Also because of that particularity, and I feel like you're really someone who has a certain you, you like to set certain standards for yourself and for what you want to do. And yeah. That's the idea that I get. <laughs> <laughs> well, this just inspired me. Maybe I should. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, interesting. I didn't think of myself that way. But for this question, who would I name? I think Ellie would stay in nature the l 
longest ever. <laughs> And yeah, um, that's very that's true. Like <laughs> I'm just expecting this from her because I just discovered that she's very um keen on nature, which is really <laughs> nice. So yeah. I know Ellie and I had a conversation about I think when you got back to the Netherlands you hugged like all your clothes and I was like, Yes, yes I relate to that so much and then you Aww. threw them all away. Yeah. I think yeah. you did. Yeah, it's just then I realized it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so inspiring yes. and now I'm like, Yeah, I can see you yeah. in the wilderness. Uh, I have a, a two-part question. So the first one is, who is most likely to name their child a uh, a unique name? And I'm saying unique very, you know, carefully. But it's it's gonna be a unique name. So who is going to be the Shang? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like notions matter so much to her, and she actually sees the meaning behind. Mm. So, I don't know. Like, um, I see her naming a child uh, um, from a river or from <laughs> something. Do you agree? Well, I'm really shocked at how how you guys have figured me out. <laughs> well, from, from mostly actually like Zoom meetings. You know? <laughs> it's actually cool. You know, yeah. this means that we have like meaningful conversations, Definitely. even though they are about yeah. work. Yeah, very much. That's so cool. Yeah. So then my follow-up question is, um, Shang named her baby a very unique name. <laughs> <laughs> Who is most likely to make fun of that name? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Andre, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's such a hard question. I don't know. I just want to say to the previous question, I was going to say myself because I want to name my kids unique names. Well, then let's <laughs> so like. So I, I'm not going to make fun of her because <laughs> because mine will also be like unique names. That's a point. Mine will be terrible. I already know the name, and I found it in the list of 2014 worst names. <laughs> ever. Like, Can you I don't share? Care. Shall we ask? Yeah, I love it so much. It's Puppy Rose. Puppy I like Rose. Puppy Rose. <laughs> I so love cute. it so much. It's so cute. You know, like my oh. my outer ego name is <laughs> so Poppy. Oh, so like Poppy nice. is really cool. I really yeah, like it. I, like the combination I am fighting for this name. Yes. Like now, I put it out there, so it's manifesting. And my nice. uncle always calls me like Pop. So I was like, okay, like Poppy Rose okay. is kind of so. I'm, I'm adding a twist to like Poppy Rose. I mean, Poppy is such a wonderful, beautiful yeah. flower, right? I'm very so symbolic <laughs> as well. Yeah. Oh, there I go again. <laughs> <laughs> see, see. <laughs> if I need to convince like my future husband, I'm gonna call you <laughs> Poppy Rose. I'm there. <laughs> That's also funny. I realized I have figured out the names of my kids, but I figured I haven't really figured out like, I mean. Okay, at this point, I don't know, but like I realized at some point when I was single, oh my God, maybe I should ask, you know, I can figure those things out by myself, but <laughs> I'm going to have a partner probably <laughs> when I have kids. So it's also important <laughs> for them to be part of this process, I guess. Yeah, I know. I'm so stubborn. I'm like, no. <laughs> I know, I know. It needs to be. Good luck. It's on the list of worst name in 2014. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> um... What else? What else? Oh yeah, I had who's who is most likely to rob a bank? Oh, whoa, whoa! Ellie mm. seems adventurous to me. <laughs> <laughs> like she would just 
do that for fun. <laughs> Not for the money, for sure. No. Just for the feeling. <laughs> I'll probably just give the money to the poor people. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, the motivation is something else. <laughs> yeah. I think that's cool. I would say Ellie too. But I think, because I have, like, this special, like, need. I just want to break in somewhere. It doesn't have to be <laughs> a bank. <laughs> it can just be, like, a pool or something. That would be really cool. And I think Ellie will be the first one to, like, join <laughs> Fairy and <laughs> Exactly. She was like, oh my god, yes, that sounds great. Come yeah, in. Yeah, for sure. But for you sure. know, like after, have you guys seen this movie, Baby Driver? It has oh, like, no. okay, it has like the best soundtrack, really. And after I watched it, I was like, oh, I should really rob a bank just to like have a nice soundtrack in my car <laughs> while I'm like driving to the bank. You know? That's so cool. Music is so important, you know? Definitely. So, mm. You would rob a bank for the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> Great. Can I make the soundtrack? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's cool. I see you guys are a good team. <laughs> like for all our positions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, mm, mm, mm. Which one did I? Oh, yeah. This was just my... Uh, who is most likely to get suspended in school? Uh, maybe you guys have been suspended, but who would be most likely... None of us. No, but if you had to name someone. Okay, Ellie. <laughs> because she loves adventures. Why do again. I do the bad <laughs> okay. Well, in Bulgaria, you know, the, the the schools are not strict, so I've never been suspended, but I could have been many times. Mm. <laughs> and if if your school was as is are we in Holland stricter than Bulgaria? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, wow. oh, I mean, I didn't study at all <laughs> for like 12 years and I'm like at the university here. So I guess, <laughs> I guess yes. Well, that's funny. That's a no. Fun it's fact. also because for like you, you in Bulgaria, the thing is that uh, the teachers tolerate you to go to manipulate them and to treat them bad, basically. So they they allow you to do this, even though that they don't like it. So we really like act act like shit with them. And here, I tried once to argue with my teacher at university, and she was just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I just like, that was my first month in Venice. I was like, okay, here it's not like it is in Bulgaria. I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. You, do you, Shang, did you ever get suspended or anything? Yeah, it's funny. So I was almost going to just just confess and, and, and oh. just uh, say myself because I definitely, when I was. When I was younger, I had a really, really wild, rebellious really? side. Yeah, very okay. rebellious streak. I'm surprised. Yeah, maybe it's because you don't see this side of me and mm -hmm. work at all, but I definitely do have that side when I was younger and high school. But it's also almost for usually, you know, like ideological reasons or something. And then also the idea of robbing a bank, I would also do it, but more for like some kind of idealistic reason. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just this disruptive mm, mm -hmm. streak in myself. That yeah, I can I, see that. I don't agree with this or that. Okay, I want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think that <laughs> the last question um, kind of is a good segue <laughs> from what you just said because we don't see that side of you at work. And I think, well, somewhat we, we don't. Um, so last question is, who is most likely to get drunk at work? Oh, <laughs> which I think for Mama is kind of like a gray area yeah. because yeah, we have a lot exactly. of events. Yeah. But still, <laughs> who do we need to carry out the showroom one day? <laughs> oh, 
Me? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Why? <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> Now you told on yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally me. But why? Because I'm easy with drinks. Like, mm-hmm. it just affects me easily. And then I would feel amused full of muse entertaining <laughs> probably i don't know and it's also it's a lot more socially accepted here so probably i just mm. um enjoy it but i do not do it of course it's just if i had to do it you would carry me out <laughs> but i never do it and you don't have the like urge to just one day one night um I would be so like um the next day you you would receive a call from me like <laughs> what happened yesterday <laughs> so I just don't put myself in that situation ever mm-hmm. yeah that's good would if would one of you two have said teacher um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know <laughs> or would if you said yourself uh, no because I don't drink anymore oh. yeah, me neither by the way but not for that reason it's just I have nothing to oh. drink. I mean, there's no added value in drinking for me. Mm, I have fun. I drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Definitely. No. But I know some mama people really love to drink. So <laughs> it might <just> happen <laughs> that one day uh, we'll be, uh, we have to be carried out. Because <laughs> some, uh, some cocktail experiment went gone wrong. <laughs> Do we have any drunk stories? I don't remember, actually. Um well <laughs> oh ellie does <laughs> <laughs> i actually don't remember <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> i know there are i just don't remember them oh that would have been a good uh good closure so Shang- oh i love seeing other people drunk though <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes but, but i've seen other wouldn't. people from the from mama being really drunk <laughs> <laughs> they don't really know about it but i've seen them <laughs> yeah. i'm just not gonna say anything more so shang would you rather Um, see people drunk or be drunk yourself? I really, really cannot handle alcohol. Like <laughs> I this is missing Asian enzyme. <laughs> yeah, so it's so I also stopped drinking basically almost mm-hmm. same. And also, it hits me harder now. I mean, yeah, I'm not as strong as the times that I was in a punk band. Ellie knows <laughs> those times. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I even have a T-shirt. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. We had a band, and Ellie was our one of our first mm. fans, and we used to drink a lot. I mean, I used to drink a lot because that was the um, way of it, mm. and I was a lot more resistant to that. But I just lost it after some point. I mean, I think it happened after I completed my thesis, and I had to work. Oh yeah. So I think that changed also my body resistance towards alcohol. Definitely, and it's just yeah. I just feel so old and boring nowadays, really. <laughs> But it's just I don't I don't have the luxury anymore to to have a hangover for two days, you know, yeah. or things like that. So I, I think that. in the end it will be yeah. Shane that <laughs> will carry. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's I talk about that. <laughs> I think that's actually the yeah. conclusion. Yeah, it's like, oh, were you talking about me? <laughs> you didn't see me drunk, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Okay, I hope one day four of us we can get together somewhere safe and yeah. get drunk, and then we see who is first. Some wine. 
Why not? So I'm from the Balkans, so it's not going to be me. <laughs> Just oh, true. Rakia yes, queen. Exactly. <laughs> already disclaimer that you guys will have to carry me. Out of the <laughs> 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 no, I uh, I like Mac, but I got a trick up my sleeve since I'm I can as soon as you know that I'm drunk is when I start telling I'm not drunk. Because I'm like <laughs> Russian <laughs> and Russian people don't get drunk. <laughs> like, that's my trick. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. That's also my, uh, yeah, that's when you know when I need to like put put my wine bottle down at that point. <laughs> I think I don't have a glass anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So we went from taking care of yourself, caring, stay sane, to just get drunk <laughs> which is a way <laughs> and uh, i want to thank you guys for uh, for laughing with me and also sharing your uh, your views on the universe and hopefully we can get back together pretty soon and uh, i'm looking forward radio to the show. next radio show as well and uh yeah that's it for this yeah. show already thank you so much for having us here yeah, it was really fun having <laughs> us. so much fun it was really fun thank you guys mm-hmm.